0: the reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, be strong. contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, take the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah in the second moon now. Si lea ke pakuson imon niya ni mera epikale so.
1: St. Luke, let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. At that time, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight, and she praised God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed but not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him.
2: to you proclaims the gospel Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now if I say, Marco, you all know what to say. You can't even help it. See? (laughs) We all know the game in the swimming pool, and sometimes our spiritual life can be like a really frustrating game of Marco Polo. You're just feeling all around, trying to find your antagonist, not really getting there. And this is what spiritual warfare can be like, where you run into the wall, you go into the deep end, and you still can't find your antagonist. But there's a, a certain way of playing that I remember with old, having older brothers, and those of you who have older brothers can remember this, where the bigger, stronger person who's not it goes behind someone who's smaller, holds them, and says, Marco! and uses them like a shield, and then the person who's it comes and tags them instead of the person that's saying it. Maybe you know this, okay? So, despite its simplicity, this is actually a concise summary of what happens in spiritual warfare. And I'll get back to it in a moment. <laughs> St. Paul today talks much about spiritual warfare. We have all of this language of swords and shields and helmets and all of these things that we need to get out into the war. But one of the things that he also says at the very beginning is he says, we are not contending against flesh and blood. He goes on to say that those who we're contending against are basically the devil and his, his bodiless hosts. He says, we're not contending against flesh and blood. But what I say to you is that we do contend against flesh and blood. And this is so much of the problem of our spiritual life, is that we're constantly contending against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood being our fellow human beings. We make enemies all around us. We make people into adversaries, antagonists. Even our family members and friends, at times, they become our antagonists. The one who's bothering me, the one who's upsetting me, the one who's doing this or that other thing to me. We contend against flesh and blood, and this is our problem. So back to that image of Marco Polo, the strong person holding this other person, binding them. This is what's happening in these situations. A person before us is in some way bound by Satan, is in some way held by some passion, something that they're unable or unwilling to relent on. And it's the devil that is the one doing the binding. And so we instead, we don't get angry at the devil, not too often, we should. Instead we get angry at the person that's right in front of us, the person that we can see. And so we remain blinded to what's actually happening, and we make the wrong thing the enemy. But St. Paul again warns us, we do not contend against flesh and blood. Now sometimes the roles are reversed. We're the ones who are unable to relent from these passions. We get angry, we get upset, we get envious, we desire the praise of others, all these things. And so we become the adversary to someone else. But it's the same situation. And in fact, most of the time, the devil's on both sides. Both us and the person that is our enemy are both bound by the devil, are both held captive by him. But we're blind to see that. We're blind. And so instead, we go feeling around and going after the wrong person, the wrong antagonist. Now in the gospel today, we hear the story of two people who are bound by Satan. Satan. There's the woman bound by Satan, as it says clearly, our Lord says she was bound by Satan for 18 years with her infirmities. And so she comes into the synagogue, and our Lord sees her, has compassion on her, and He heals her right in that moment. Right in that moment, after 18 years of being completely bound by this, He frees her. And so everyone should be happy and rejoicing, but what happens? The the ruler of the synagogue, what does he say? says, oh, you shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath. I'm talking to all you people out there because this man here is doing the wrong thing. And I want you all to know that. He did the wrong thing to heal on the Sabbath. And so our Lord rightly teaches. And He says, you untie your ox, you untie your donkey to let them go down to the water on the Sabbath. And this woman who is tied up, who is bound by Satan... Isn't it not right that she also be freed on the Sabbath? St. Theophylact says in his commentary that the ruler indeed is the one who is bound. He says, Satan, who had bound the woman in the first place, was angered at her deliverance because he desired her continued affliction. So he bound the ruler of the synagogue with spite. And through the mouth of this man, Satan reviled the miracle. This is how he always attacks the good. Notice, who does St. Theophylax say is speaking to Christ? Who's speaking to Christ in the gospel? It's not the ruler of the synagogue. He says again, through the mouth of that man, Satan reviled the miracle. Because you see, our Lord always saw who was actually behind the actions. He was never angered at people, he he never saw humans as his enemy. Even those who were doing the most horrible atrocious thing, he never saw them as his enemy. He knew who the enemy really was. And yet how often we contend against flesh and blood, how often we make the enemies of the people around us. But I say to you as Christians, our brothers are not our enemies, our neighbors are not our enemies, no one on earth is our enemy. We have no enemies on earth. We only have one enemy and all of his bodiless hosts that are constantly attacking us, attacking our neighbors, but we have no enemies. It's a very hard thing to remember. But isn't that what our Lord says? He says, he says love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who do ill to you, or who spitefully abuse you and treat you badly. What is he saying in that? He's saying, make your enemies not your enemies. Because in fact, they're not your enemies. But we're all blinded, and so all we do is we're playing that game of Marco Polo, and we're reaching out to the first thing that seems to be the antagonist. And that first thing that seems to be the antagonist is the person right in front of us. It's not the invisible that is behind that person. So my brothers and sisters, we must learn to have no enemies. And one of the most powerful ways that we have to do that is actually what we're in the middle of right now. It's the fast. So how does fasting relate to not having enemies? Well, if we have passions that we're struggling with, if we have anger, if we have jealousy, if we have pride, all of these different things that we're struggling against, fasting is a powerful, powerful antidote to all of those. This works in a mystical way. So often we think fasting is about food. We eat food, and then of course fasting is about can't eat that food. That's a food that God said or the church said you can't eat. So it's always the negative that we think of. But in fact, fasting is the positive. Because in fasting, we have the opportunity to say, Oh, that thing that I can't eat right now, wow, I really want that thing. What does that say about me when I really want that thing? And as soon as I'm not allowed to have it because of the rules of the church, then I can see the passion that is before me. Then I can have the opportunity to see, wow, I actually don't really have a choice about wanting to eat a hamburger. I think I do. I think that, oh, I can go to this place and get a hamburger or something else. But I actually don't have a choice. I'm actually entirely driven by my passions. And it's only in fasting that it makes me realize, oh, I actually have this problem. And so through fasting, by attacking this one passion in particular of gluttony, we actually are fighting against all of the passions that are enslaving us. These are all the things that are making us bound so that we're unable to be who we are, who God created us to be. So let's jump into this fasting. It's not too late. It's never too late. The church always gives us more fasting. And there's wisdom in that. (laughs) There's wisdom in that. Because we still need it. To our dying day, we still need it. We still need to be reminded, this is the way that I have my weaknesses revealed to me. So let's not take the fast in the negative. Take it in the positive and remember, my brothers and sisters, we do not contend against flesh and blood. Our neighbors are not our enemy. We have one enemy, and that is the only enemy that we have in the spiritual warfare. Amen.